Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be when you soften your heart, you can finally start to live your truthiest life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And before we jump in today's awesome episode with Jules A. Curry, I wanted to give you a little podcast and life update so you know what's going to be going on in the next few weeks. For the podcast update, we will be closing out this season with Jules's episode. Over the next few weeks, I'll be sharing my favorite much older episode. So still come back here every Friday to get your fix and reminders of how to live your most authentic life. During this time, we'll actually be hitting 100 episodes. And that is a really big deal. One that I'm leaning into celebrating because... That's huge. And life is about celebrating these big and little things and taking time to acknowledge, pat ourselves on the back and instead of just keep on going. So I'm really going to be settling in with this personal celebration. And of course, I have all of you to thank who made this happen. I've loved coming behind this mic for 100 episodes, and I'm really excited for what's next to move in a really intentional and, of course, truthy next direction, what I think is going to be best for me and what I think is going to serve you the most, most importantly. Personal update, I'm going on another social media break for at least the month of August. This time, it's with very clear boundaries and intent. I have no more partnerships that I need to fulfill. So I really can give myself the proper space to come back up when I'm ready. Um, as you know, I do go on social media breaks. I feel like not that frequently, but obviously a lot more frequently than most people. It's certainly a practice of mine, but sometimes I go on them and I don't have a clear idea as to when I'm coming back and I don't set these rules in stone. Well, because I have some experience, I know that I can get looser as time goes by. I know that we are deeply conditioned to crave information about others and use our phones to be addictive. And I'll be honest with you guys, when I'm off of Instagram, my finger finds the Facebook button. And then I go down Facebook rabbit holes. And even though it's different, because I'm not creating content, I'm still not allowing my mind to settle into stillness and allow what needs to come up for me, the wisdom, the answers, the honesty to find its way. And I know that stillness, silence, a lack of social media and using my cell phone as a distraction tool, even just to grab and Google things, all these ways that I fill my mind with information. I know that stalling that will allow what I am in deep need of to come up. So 
So all of August, I will be off of social media. And I am really needing it. Um, It's been a year since I became a mom and it will actually be a year, by the way, over this break. Soli will turn one years old. And as much as I have loved stepping into this role and struggling through it, as you know, I really haven't integrated into who I am. I think a lot of moms, I hope that I'm not alone in this and I feel pretty confident that I'm not, really struggle with this what's next situation because you're kind of thrown out of the nest once you have a baby and you you are a different person you go through your own birth or rebirth where so many things are different and yet you have to go back to who you were you know your partners your family everybody expects you to still be you you have responsibilities and jobs and all these things and um, you're comfortable being who you were because you knew how to you know get your your fix of what you needed socially and how to be yourself and I think on the other hand there's this fear of if I allow myself to get curious about who I am now, what will that mean? What parts of my life will be shaken up if I find those answers? And I admit, there has been a fear of mine to really learn and integrate fully into not being a mom, but who I am now that I'm also a mom. And I know that the what's next for me is only going to come up if I give myself a lot of space to breathe. With that being said, I also want to make sure that I don't put too much expectation for the outcome on this time because that defeats the purpose. And the first week of August, I'm going on a me treat. You might have heard me mention this about a month ago on social media when I started to plan it. But a me treat is a retreat, but it's unofficial. I'm not going with like a program or anything like that. And it's just a trip by myself, uh, traveling alone uh, before my partner. Even when I was with him, I would do a little bit of that, usually more work focused once I met Evan, was a big part of my life. That's where I get reinvigorated, re-excited, re-imaginative, creative, all this stuff comes for me. And I certainly haven't had any travel really in the past three years of the pandemic. And I am in need of this time to be by myself, to eat meals by myself. I am craving lots of healing elements and yoga specifically. Teaching is something that I'm very passionate about, but becoming a teacher has also made me a student again. And it's really nice to kind of have like my heart wide open and where I'm going, which I'll probably share when I get back, is, you know, I found this yoga center that just looks absolutely insane. And they have multiple classes throughout the day where I'll be able to go once, maybe twice, and really just have this allotted time to me treat. I'll also be doing myofascial release. If you're unfamiliar, it is a type of hands-on therapy that is very deep, but not deep in a deep tissue painful way. It's a very slow release into your fascia. And with that, it's not just good for your structural body and pain and joint lubrication, but emotional release is huge here. So I'm going to be doing myofascial release. And I'm also going to be doing something called Watsu, W-A-T-S-O you where um, you are in water held by a Watsu practitioner and they kind of just move and dance your body around and like I think it's supposed to kind of mimic being in, in the womb and allowing the same kind of the same type of thing like the stuff that's stuck to come out as well as being good on your joints and and all of that um, I'm very nervous for that because I don't believe that I have like trust issues that's one of the things the practitioner asked me if I have, but I definitely have like giving up control of my body to somebody else, also a stranger, not issues, but concerns or red flags. So that's going to be putting me out of my comfort zone. And I think that's really important. So I've got a bunch of these things scheduled and that's what's kind of going to be going on. And the last time or one of the times I I did a really deep inward dive like this, I have a blog post called Emotional Purging. And essentially, I went through that and my body started to show signs and symptoms that there was release happening. So maybe that will happen again, maybe not. At least now I kind of know it's happened before and what to expect-ish or not to be fearful if my body has what appears to be a negative reaction to allowing things to really come up. This was super long-winded, but I am going to 
be going away for a little bit. And I just wanted to give you a little bit background of what I'm going to be doing, what I'm looking for. And really, this comes down to living my truthiest life and giving myself the ultimate space and freedom to do that so that I can show up for all of you and hopefully continue to inspire you all to get lost as we will in life and then find that path home and be brave enough to take it. So thank you all for being with me. The last thing I just want to say before we jump into today's episode with Jules is that I want you to really think about your words for August, if that feels good for you. Words for me that are coming up are introspection, integration, like I talked about, integrity, really being honest with myself so that and and allowing whatever I need to do next to overpower the fear that I have of doing something new. So I invite you for a little introspection and introspective moment right now to think about what words are coming to your mind when I say August 2022. All right, this week we've got Jules Acree coming up. Her episode is all about how to simplify and thrive in your life, everything from your home to technology and using technology specifically to enhance your life, not drain or distract from it. I think that's a critical distinction. Jules provides usable tips and tools that I'm already using to start immediately so that we can invite more joy into our life and check and include joy off on our productivity to-do list. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to this long ramble and I will see you all very soon on the other side. Welcome to The Truthiest Life, Jules. I'm so excited to bring you and your wealth of knowledge onto the show. You're one of the probably most intentional people I know and I'm super inspired by you. We were just talking a little bit before I hit record on this conversation and I was very honestly just saying I've always looked towards your website and branding as kind of a guide of where I want to go because you just have a beautiful way of putting your intentionality in life into your digital space, which is actually kind of become your full-time job sort of. So <laughs> you're a true expert there. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad we could keep in touch after all these years. It feels like just yesterday we were on that bus <laughs> together. And where were we, Dominican Republic? <laughs> um, we were in Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Right? Yeah. The work yeah. has taken you to a lot of places to the point that you've forgotten. So Jules and I <laughs> met online. Uh, Jules is an influencer. Her old Instagram was Ohm in the City. Now you're going by at Jules Acree. Is that correct? Jules Acree. Yep. Acree. Okay. And we'll link that below so you can find Jules and her website after this. So yeah, you have come a really long way since Ohm in the City days. It shows up through your everything social media. And I'm also feeling like an inner peace kind of come through the way that you share. It's not chaotic. It seemed it seems to really come from a peaceful place, which I don't think a lot of people are very peaceful in the way they use the internet. Is that true? Yeah, I would say I feel just super aligned with where I am and what I get to share and just how I'm showing up in those spaces. I think, you know, things have evolved so much on the digital and social media space and um, a lot of it's mental work that you have to do to feel good online and to set boundaries and things like that. But I feel like I, you know, it's not perfect, but I feel pretty darn good after all these years. <laughs> it's really, really impressive. You have a YouTube channel, you have Instagram, you have a, a separate company, you have a lot of things going on at once. And I feel like the culture of online, especially right now with the rise of TikTok and all the Instagram changes, kind of like pro tips, right, are to work harder, to put out more content. Doesn't even matter if it's good content or if you're aligned with it, you know, use the trends, just keep posting, posting, and you refuse to operate from that place. And for me, as a, as a quote unquote creator, I, I always have to say quote unquote, because I didn't mean to end up here, but I do create. It's so nice to see you clearly successful. You just built a home from scratch with you and your partner, who I love, by the way, <laughs> you know, to really say you can be financially successful without playing this game that will essentially 
kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people go through these cycles where maybe they're newer to the online space and they're really energized and they're giving it their all. But then we all ultimately hit this point of burnout and then, you know, you feel like, okay, what am I doing to build myself back up again? How can I, you know, find a more sustainable way of working? And I think it took years for me to figure out what that looks like for me. But ultimately, I think it's come with finding more security in the content that I'm sharing and feeling aligned and knowing where it's most important for me to show up and where it's less important for me to show up and just making peace that like, I may not be able to keep up with, you know, certain platforms, or maybe I am okay with not growing as fast on other platforms. And I'm just find peace in that knowing that there's other platforms that I'm excited about and some that I'm less excited about. So I'm going to put less energy there and more energy elsewhere. We can't be in all places at once, or at least we can try, but won't won't be sustainable. <laughs> Again, you kind of let me breathe easy because it feels like we need to be showing up on every single platform. And the truth of the matter is that's not true. And you're a living example of that. But you brought up something that I feel is really universal to all of our listeners, regardless of if they're creators or business owners or not, which is the topic of burnout. And for you who has created such an intentional life and work specifically, did you have to reach that burnout phase in order to find this new balance that you're living in? Yeah, absolutely. I specifically remember being in New York City and just feeling so burnt out by feeling like I needed to attend every event I was invited to or like meet up for coffee with that person and that person and shoot that. And I was just always, yeah, I was like, you know, doing handstands all over the city and like just doing so much. And I just kind of hit a point where I was like, this isn't even, I'm not even enjoying this anymore. And I'm working for myself, but like, what does success really mean to me at the end of the day? You know, I could be doing well financially, but if I'm still feeling kind of empty at the end of the day and not really knowing like, what is my North star and my why, then you know, it it makes me, it made me reevaluate where I was pouring from. So I think moving is always a good fresh start where you can be intentional about what you pack up and what you bring with you. And I think physically making that shift is what helped me get there mentally. So physically decluttering my spaces and feeling and seeing like how my anxiety was better managed when I didn't have as much stuff around me. Um, and then also, you know, I started to go down this road of researching different ways to be more efficient with my time. Like, how can I make the most of my time when I am working so that I don't feel like I'm on this constant hamster wheel? Um, and then I kind of just fell in love with that intentional productivity space. I really nerd out on technology and apps and just thinking of the future of social media, the future of the internet. It's really fascinating to me. So, yeah, it started from a place of need and necessity and then ended up in a place of, I'm actually passionate about this topic and I love talking about it. (laughs) You really have come so far from your days of, you know, doing handstands all over the city. (laughs) When I met Jules, you know, I, I fell in love with her content, but it was very curated and energy based. And I felt like very much like how to capture content that's going to do well on Instagram. I don't know if that was your goal or not. Maybe just, you know, who you were was that at the time, kind of like who you were aligned with what was trending. But it's been incredible to see you take a shift and serve people in a way that I think is more meaningful. I mean, obviously that's that's debatable and maybe that's not exactly the right word. But I remember when you moved to Austin, And you came up with your Simplify and Thrive program, which I think was your first program. Do you still offer that? Yeah, it started out as a guidebook and then I turned it into an online course, which is hosted in Notion. Got it. Okay. I want to learn about that in just a second. But I remember when you you came up with that and I was like, Simplify and Thrive. And then everywhere I looked in my life, whether it was my pantry or my closet, I saw how opposite I was to those things. I was unsimplified and unthrived. And I don't sit here from a place of now I'm simplified and thriving, but I realized that those two words really do hold a lot of power. 
And at the same time, they're really hard to do. It's really hard to say goodbye to stuff that we've accumulated for fear of anything or emotional reasons and all of that. But I think you're 100% right that the weight of things, you know, carries us down. The most free I've ever felt in my entire life was backpacking on a trip for two weeks in Nicaragua, right? Like I had the least amount of stuff and I thrived. I thrived by doing that, but it's hard for me personally and maybe some of our listeners to implement that at home. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. What was your first step to recognizing that physical clutter was obstructing your ability to thrive mentally? I think ultimately, you know, people think of minimalism and they think you have to live in this bare home with nothing around. Like I, I have stuff, but it's, I feel like I look around and I like the things in my home and I feel like they bring me joy in some way. And obviously there's not this end destination of like you've simplified and you're thriving forever. That's that end game. You know, it's a constant practice of, you know, being intentional about what is, what you allow into your space, what is kind of sitting in this like state of not making a decision on it. So it's just kind of piling up. I guess it's like the pros and cons of the blogger world where you get lots of PR stuff and things are constantly being sent your way. And in the beginning, that was all super exciting. But then I realized this is just straight up wasteful. Like I I can't possibly consume all this stuff. Like I, I don't want it. And then it just felt kind of unmanageable because people had my address and then were sending things without my permission. And that's when I realized when I moved to Austin, clean slate, like I'm protecting this address and I'm going to be really intentional because that was the first thing that was contributing to, I feel excess clutter was just boxes of things coming in all the time. Or, you know, even in New York, when you're walking on the street, people try to hand you different flyers and things. And I would just end up with all this stuff. And I'm like, why is it here? So it wasn't even meaningful, intentional stuff that I purchased myself that I really was like excited about and that I wanted in my home. It's just stuff that kind of other people put on my plate of like, okay, now you decide what to do with this. And I know that's not going to necessarily apply to everyone who's not in like this digital space, but that was the first uh, wake up call of like, okay, I first need to slow down the incoming amount of stuff coming into my house. Um, And then also the second thing was just looking around and 
realizing I don't need this many yoga pants. Like, why do I have so many? <laughs> Given I was in the wellness world and a lot of my content was surrounded by yoga, I was just trying to just realize that like my closet was pretty stuffed and it didn't make me feel good. And I always felt like I didn't have anything to wear, even though I definitely <laughs> did, but nothing really <laughs> felt like it went together. And you know, there's all that. I mean, we were living in a 500 square foot apartment. So I feel like no matter how much we try to get rid of, it always just felt crowded with me, Andrew and our dog. So yeah, I think ultimately it was just auditing what is surrounding me. How can I slow down what's coming in? How can I be intentional about releasing different things? And what can I digitize? Like, do I really need to keep all these birthday cards? I'm a sentimental person. Um, I like to hold on to memories, physical things, but I started to realize I can get that same that same sentimental feeling and memory if I scanned it and digitized it and put it in a Dropbox folder of kind birthday cards from my friends, you know, things like that. So that helps a lot as well. Okay. So those are really great tips, which is a slowing the income of things. If you're not in the digital space and the PR stuff is, you know, irrelevant to you. It's still incoming. Today, I went to a workout class and I've never been there before. And on the way out, they handed me this one piece of, of paper in plastic with a chapstick in it. And they're like, thanks so much for coming and handed me this. And I, I was like, what? Like, I don't know, maybe some people would be excited about a chapstick in, but for me, like it was a chapstick in this plastic, just completely unnecessary in general. But like you said, like it was so offloaded onto me. And I think we have those things a lot of times, whether they are flyers or free things. I feel like free things are really hard to turn down, but they end up cluttering our space. And then we don't want to let go of them because they were free. You know, we have like all this like mental stuff. Mm -hmm. So I love that doing an audit of what you have, no matter what you do, whether you're in yoga pants all day or, you know, you go work a corporate job, it's very easy to have a lot of slacks or a lot of dresses or a lot of pants. Taking a good inventory, I feel like, of what makes you happy is really a good one. And you said one other thing that I love just to rehash Digitizing. That. Oh, gosh, that one is great. My husband is an emotional hoarder and we have <laughs> pictures and cards and every and books that you can never, you know, he'll never ever give up. But I, I really feel very physically weighted by all of the stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great tip. I know that we've changed a lot of um, our VHSs, I think, to, to something that's on the computer. Yeah. Now I know it's funny to say VHS, but and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you can keep some cards, but do you need all of them? Or do you could you put them in a scrapbook? Can you consolidate somehow? Because I think a lot of us feel weighted down by shoeboxes and shoeboxes filled with memories and mementos. And like, I had this box from my old, old ex-boyfriend and my mom's like, what do you, do you want, do you want this? I'm like, no, don't even open it. Just throw it away. I don't even want to go down memory lane in that situation. Even if it's a positive relationship for with an ex, like yeah. I think to your point, like you don't, I know this is a little bit morbid, but you don't get to die with your stuff. And for yeah. me, that's kind of what I, I, tried to keep at the top of my mind, it's hard to get rid of, of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, you feel so much better after, but that going through it point is really, is really, really tough. You're truly the expert in helping people gain more time, space, and energy through what you call intentional systems and rituals that simplify your life. And I think maybe the way you phrase that, like, focusing on what you you're going to gain versus what you're going to lose. It's exactly what we want more of in life. We want more time. We want more space. We want more energy to live our lives. And the stuff really does bog us down. You talk a lot about productivity, right? And, and productivity, we kind of put in the same box as hustle culture, but it seems like yours comes from a place of self-care. Why would you say that your method of productivity is different than the typical way that we've been taught to approach productivity? I really just want us to redefine productivity and recognize that self-care is productive, rest is productive, spending time with your family is productive. I feel like productivity, the word, got a bad rap because of all the tech bros on the internet <laughs> telling you how to study for 12 hours a day, you know, like it doesn't have to look that way. 
and that might work for some people. But for, for me, when I started reframing what productivity meant to me and realizing that my worth is not tied into how much I check off my to-do list, I started measuring how I felt based off of how much more time and space I had in my day because of the systems I implemented. So like if I'm able to be more efficient and have a digital system that is already in front of me, I know what I need to get done, what the focus is, what the goal is, then I can spend more time in the flow state. And then when I'm done at the end of the day, I can check out and whatever that extra time is that I have gained I can spend that in whatever way I want. And for me, it's spending more time with people I love and my pets and being out in nature. For some people, it might be starting a side hustle or, you know, doing more work to climb their ladder or whatever it is. I think everyone can define what that means to them. But ultimately, I just like to help people create more space. And then whatever you can do with that extra space is up to you. But I think just firstly, reframing and not thinking that productivity has to mean that we're working all the time. It's more, how can we be more intentional with the time that we have so that we can show up more fully in our life, whatever that looks like to each person. This is something that I'm always working on, as you know, and you know, my audience knows I've been taking social media and before I had the baby phone free breaks where I kind of reset and recheck in with myself and notice how I'm wasting time, wasting my own energy by not being mindful and not being intentional with many of the things that I I do. I find that I have seasons where I kind of hit that reset button, but as soon as I kind of jump back in, let's call it social media or back at work, I really struggle with the boundaries and I don't Maybe I'm too kind on myself, but I don't really place that blame on myself. You know, when we look at the science of smartphones, much of it is meant to be addicting. Like Mm -hmm. everything we do is on here. The constant notifications, social media, of course, specifically is the most addicting that even when I say, okay, I'm done with my work, it's five o'clock, which I used to be much better at implementing. Obviously life has got changed a bit for me. I sometimes find myself spending time on my phone, even though I don't want to be on there. It truly mm-hmm. sucks me in. Yeah. Whereas when I go to your, your website and I learn about you, it's very clear that you really, I feel like make the most out of your free time and you don't get sucked into it. Are you a superhuman or have you just put really good boundaries in place that allow your brain to toggle away from the addictive cell phone? I think cell phones and social media are absolutely addicting and I'm not going to pretend like I don't get sucked in some days, but I think ultimately I, well, I I joke around (laughs) that I actually prefer to watch Korean dramas and scroll on Instagram. And because I found something that I love so much more, I like have less interest in being on my phone because I'm like, I could be watching a K-drama and I freaking love those. So trading one thing for another. I don't know if it's necessarily better, but I know that I do feel a lot better after a K-drama than I do when I scroll on TikTok. So I think it helps having a partner who doesn't really do social media. He's, he doesn't even get on Instagram. He probably hasn't posted in like a year. So, you know, when work is done at the end of the day, I'm trying to be present with him and do things together. But of course, like we all need our alone time, but Yeah, I think just like putting some tech boundaries in place, like trying not to, you know, scroll in bed, especially if you're in bed with your partner, like that we really try not to do. I don't charge my phone next to my bed. I think just physically distancing yourself from your device can do a lot more than you realize. For me, when my phone is in a drawer, I tend to just completely forget where it is. And then I'll wander around the house and be like, where is my phone? And I forgot that two hours ago, I put it in the drawer that I was just sitting at. So For me, I think physical distancing, turning off notifications so that you're not like pinged and curious and looking in there and trying to check that one thing and then 10 minutes, 20 minutes go by and you're still scrolling. And then at the end of the day, like I just have things I need to get done. And I know that scrolling on social media is going to make me have a more miserable day because I'm, you know, scrambling to try to finish things. And instead I wasted time scrolling and not feeling good about it either. So are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So I, I know that you're half Korean, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Half Korean, half American? Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned K-dramas a lot. And if you go on your website, it's very clear that you're a K-drama junkie to the point where I'm really interested in K-dramas. Are they in Korean or can I partake in English? They're in Korean and you can read subtitles. Some of them are Mm. dubbed, but I would strongly recommend against watching a dubbed version because it just isn't the same. You know, I... I think subtitles tend to turn people away at first, but once you start watching it, I think you forget that you're like reading it and it makes it easier. I, I've pretty much exclusively just been watching Korean shows for the past two and a half years. <laughs> I love it. And I also love it because even though you're so intentional with your time and quote unquote productivity, you are really saying something very powerful by not even saying it when you talk about your love of, you know, TV that makes you joyful. Most people in the productivity space, we wouldn't think about as television junkies. (laughs) And you're really breaking through that stigma that productivity, you know, only means that you are working really hard or making money and redefining what it means to be productive is so refreshing. And again, I keep saying like when I'm around you, I feel like I can exhale because you really are setting the tone for what productivity with self-care in mind looks like. And they're not mutually exclusive. Self-care is not, you know, not watching TV or, you know, they can be the same thing. Uh, What I think is just really powerful. And I know you mentioned like you found yourself in this technology to improve productivity space. You're the only person that I know or follow. Is this an emerging trend or space that you're in or is it very niche? Um, I mean, I feel like it's been around a lot for a long time on the YouTube space. You know, there's a lot of productivity, mostly men. I found it's, I feel like it's a very male dominated space and a very white dominated space. So I think it's really cool to see more women, more people of color and just different diverse people showing their own definition, their own version of how they get the good stuff done. And for me, I really gravitate towards YouTube because it's longer form. I'm very long-winded. I've always been that way. That's why I started writing in the first place because I would like blog and I would write a caption and then it would turn into like a five paragraph thing. And I'm like, this better be a blog 
blog post. So I think for me, long form content has always resonated the most with me. And I feel like I can really talk more deeply about a subject and connect with people in a way where, you know, you have a little bit more of an attention span if you're willing to sit through somebody's 12 minute video versus scrolling on Instagram and getting like a quick little nugget, but you're not really, you're just scratching the surface. I hope that YouTube is not replaced by TikTok. And I'm, oh. I'm not sure your feelings on TikTok. Okay, sounds like. <laughs> well, I don't have negative feelings about TikTok as a platform per se, but like, I just wish platforms would just stick to what they're good at and not try to be everything. And I think that's why Instagram is on its way out, I feel like, because it's mm -hmm. trying to do everything. So it's the master of none. And so I love, true. yeah, I love TikTok for, you know, short things. And I learn a lot of things on TikTok. But to me, YouTube is more, I don't know, I just, I, there's some people who are on YouTube and love watching vlogs and videos and some people who don't. And I think there's just a different type of, it's just a different type of audience on there. Yeah. The reason I, I said that and not that it will replace it or anything is because I have a YouTube channel, kind of, it just sits there. I haven't posted in a while, but I have one video that's got like, I don't know, like 20 or 30,000 views. And I posted something, it's a longer form where I'm teaching about getting my period back, you know, whatever. And I mentioned it on my Instagram and I, and I put a, a link to watch it because I didn't make it long form to bore anybody. I made it long form because it's an educational video that, you know, we have to discuss different things before I can tell you what worked for me so that you can, you know, it's your specific health. I'm a health practitioner. I like to, you know, speak not from a place of do this and it will solve that. That's not reality. Anyway, I put a link down and somebody, I guess, sent it to their friend. And then that friend messaged me by accident, meaning to like respond to her friend. And she's like, oh, I have to watch a whole, let's call it six minute video, you know, to, to find out what supplements she took. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I wrote back and I was like, Hey, I, it's a six minute video because there's a lot of information and background information you have to understand to find out if this would even possibly be relevant to you or harmful, you know, just like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought that was my friend. But the, the point of that being is that people's mindsets, right? They are demanding answers so quickly and our attention spans are being molded by that. Mm -hmm. And from a brain evolutionary perspective, YouTube is important. Like we need to have our children be able to be patient, to watch things, to learn and not just demand, you know, recipes in six seconds, even, you know, the way that these, these trends are kind of evolving. So I hope yeah. the past days. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's kind of scary how short our attention spans as a society have become. And it does make me think of children and what school is going to be like. How are people going to be able to sit in class the way they are? You know, like I even had a hard time sitting in class for 60 minutes for each period. Like I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how things evolve. But yeah, I feel like even just seeing my cousins grow up and how they're utilizing the internet. I have this cousin who's like newly 16 years old and he's drop shipping eyebrow stencils from Amazon. <laughs> he's making money. It's just crazy. Wow. Like the things you can learn and he, he's just completely learning it through YouTube videos. So very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> On your website, which everybody should go and check out, it's new and beautiful and clean and crisp, just like you. You talk about these different pillars of productivity. You talk about rest and self-care. What does that specific pillar mean? For me, it's leaning into whatever feels good. And it's usually something away from my email, from my social media. It could be literally doing nothing. Like whatever fills my cup, I could literally just be laying on the couch and that is my rest. That is my self-care. Um, I think anyone, it's a, anyone can define what that means to them. For some people, maybe they enjoy like creating content and taking photos and, and that creative expression that is self-care to them as well. Like just maybe if you're a content creator and you want to go out and take photos of nature and whatever, and it has no end goal. It's not something you necessarily need to like, monetize or turn into content that's publicly shared, just finding something that feels joyful and just allows you to take a break from your work life and just give your brain a rest. I think, yeah, there's just, there's not one definition of that. And, you know, a lot of times we see self-care as face masks and bubble baths, which I do love a good bubble bath. 
but it could, it could mean so many different things. Yeah. I think true wellness junkies like me and you, I know that's kind of a funny word and I don't really identify it, but people who have been in the wellness space for a long time, I think we just have a little bit of advantage over people that are kind of just starting to learn about wellness because in the beginning, it's very exciting to learn about it all and do it all and think that more is better or that it has to look one way. But just like you could burn out of anything, you know, with wellness that happens too. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you are a very mindful person and I know yoga is a big part of who you are too. Yoga for me has been one of the critical game changers of me to really define what wellness is because I learned literally in the room on the mat that I could slow down and feel safe, which translated off of the mat. Was yoga a pivotal practice for you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yoga changed my life. It's what made me start my blog. It's what kind of led me down this mindfulness path. Like everything, even though I'm not home in the city anymore, everything that I feel my values are rooted in has stemmed from things I learned through being on my mat and um, just honoring that space and not always feeling the need to fill it. Yeah. I think Mm. it's really powerful what you can learn just through your own like mindfulness or yoga practice. So much of yoga is very symbolic to me of life and you just saying being on your mat, it's such a simple thing. You're on a however many feet by however many feet mat, right? Like it's very small, five feet by two feet, let's call it. And yet you're so whole when you are immersed in your practice and realizing that you could feel so whole and so safe with so little is like everything, right? Like that, Mm -hmm. that mindset really begins to shift everything for what you need off of the mat. Suddenly things aren't as important to you and showing off with name brand stuff isn't so important to you. Like really everything does change. So I'm glad that we kind of got to the root of where you started to figure this all out. Moving into your, what I call like your zone of genius, which is bringing in technology to support your life, not run it, your words, not mine. Um, on your website and on your the, one of those pillars, you say when you invest a little time upfront to create systems that flow with you, you can then copy paste and paste your way to more ease and freedom. So what are some of these innovative systems that we can use technology to our advantage, not our demise? Well, there's so many different apps and tools out there and, you know, you kind of have to try them and see what works for you. But um, Notion has been a revolutionary tool for me. And it's really just changed the game on how I manage all of the stuff, like all of the ideas, the projects, the to-dos, the goals, all of it is in my Notion. Okay. So you talk Notion all day and night. From what I can now understand, you, you talk about it a lot wherever you go, but to most listeners, they might not know what Notion is. So can you break down, first of all, how long you've been using Notion for? Because I only heard about it like this year and I'm trying to still figure it out, but I'm a newbie and like how it really worked to change your life in so many ways. Notion, it's kind of hard to compare it to anything because it's unlike anything I've ever really used, but you can do all the functions of Google Doc and Google Sheets and so on and so forth all in this one platform. So rather than having all these different files and different folders, you can create kind of your own mini website per se. And I just call it like my little website because I, I, anything that I care about, I have it in there. And so I can make pages, I can create databases, I can link those databases, I can make simple tables, I can filter things by the Trello Kanban board view, calendar view. It just, it does everything to where it feels really intimidating for some people if, if you're first trying it. I first tried Notion in 2019 Somebody on my team recommended it to me and I gave it a try. I felt super overwhelmed by it. I said I didn't get it and I tabled it for like three months. And then I think it was, I was on YouTube and just kind of looking at, you know, just scrolling through my, either my subscriptions. I just came across basically um, Notion tutorials and I went down a rabbit hole and I remember spending 
five hours on a Saturday <laughs> diving into all of this. And it finally clicked with me. And yeah, I was kind of hooked at that point because not only is it a cool productivity tool where you can manage all your stuff and collaborate with team members, but I can also make it beautiful and aesthetic and just feminine and just make it a place that I enjoy looking at and decorate it. And it just felt like this fun place where I can make it reflect who I am. And whether that's for public eyes or for my own eyes, it's like, it's just, it was really creative, a really creative tool that I can customize. Someone on my team introduced it to me a few months ago and she really encouraged me to use it. But like you, I was really intimidated by changing it over. So I'm the type of person that uses notes on my phone and whether I have an Instagram caption idea, a to-do list, uh, I'm mad at my husband and want to write down why I'm mad at him, my groceries, you know, whatever it is, I kind of throw in there and half of it I never revisit. And then once in a while I stumble upon it and I'm like, oh, this is good, but I don't know where to put it. And she was like, okay, this is what Notion's for. But making a transition to anything is really hard. Would you, first of all, is Notion free? Yeah, Notion is free, especially if it's personal use, free. And the only time you start paying for it is if you want to like add tons of video content and share it with many different team members. There's so many ways to get around having to pay for it because you can literally just have a couple guests and that's free. And if you are a small team like me, I have like five people that are shared on my Notion. Um, I've, I've been on the free plan this entire time. The only time I switched into a paid plan was when I wanted to host my course in Notion. And at that point, I was, you know, uploading video files and photos. And so I wanted to pay for it. So I didn't run out of space. It's really hard to run out of space on there. Like, I feel like most people can get away with a free plan. That's incredible that it could really do so much. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend Notion for our average listener who, let's say, works a nine to five as a nurse or a teacher or something like that, like just has everyday tasks to do, isn't hosting courses, isn't writing blog posts, you know, stuff like that. Is Notion for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say there's even a larger group of people that are using it just for managing their personal life. I created like a life hub for my neighbor one day. I was just like, come over, let's customize your Notion. And um, she just wanted to manage like her to-do list with her husband. And if you're I don't know, like uh, you have a project you're working on and you're trying to like document the tasks that you need to do or like the different contacts or I don't know, say you're building a house and you want to remember what the paint colors are and what oh. uh, different brands of whatever hardware that you might need a reference later. You can keep it all in there and you can organize it. Wow. So like I have, you know, my team hub and my person and my work stuff, but a lot of my notion is like, my Korean drama recommendation list. I have a whole database of like every Korean drama I've ever watched, what I rated as my review on it. <laughs> and wow. I also have like my meal planning in there, um, recipes. It really thrives for personal use. Oh my gosh, you really had me at paint color thing because we've had to like <laughs> repaint things before. And I'm like, oh, which shade of white was it? You know, yep. and where do I put that information? So I can't believe that something only just a few years ago really created out of nothing and solves so many problems. And to your point, there isn't really a competitor because nothing does all of that. And I'm excited to kind of get back in there and take a better look at that. So thank you. Do you teach courses on Notion now? No, not specifically on how to use Notion. There's a lot of great courses out there that you can find, but my Simplify and Thrive course is hosted in Notion because I feel like people can better implement the resources and the takeaways by using Notion as their system. So we kind of set them up and then I do sell templates because I think Notion, when you're first getting started, like I said, can be really intimidating. So the best way to start is to buy people's templates, people that you feel like you are aligned with and maybe can, you know, if you see previews of how they organize things, that will give you ideas of what works for you. So once you buy someone's template, you customize it to fit your own needs as you get more comfortable using Notion. But I definitely think starting from scratch is a little bit it's probably too hard. I think most people need to start with some templates. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to link your templates below then, which I can find on your website. And I'm definitely going to jump back in there and 
and like I said, everything that Jules is doing always makes sense. So I'm going to trust that it will make more sense and get through my own learning curve situation. All right. I feel like a great way to wrap up this episode would be to take away some of your best tips for being more mindful about using technology in general. So hit us with your best ones. Some of my tips that I personally implement are, you know, at the end of my workday, first I jot down the last remaining thoughts of where I'm leaving off for the day. So I write down kind of my to-do list. So that way, when I come back to my desk the next day, I kind of know where to pick back up. Um, I'll purposely leave my phone in my office and then I'll go downstairs um, to cook dinner and to hang out with Andrew. And I, like I said earlier, if when my phone is out of sight, it's out of mind. So um, it really helps just putting like a level between it, between me and my phone and just focus on my relationship um, and spending time with someone I care about. And, um, and then, you know, we typically will like watch something together. And I think a lot of times you can see people, you know, on their phone while also watching a show, but then you're not really consuming either because your brain is kind of split between these two different screens. So we try to implement the one screen rule where it's like, if we're going to look at TikTok and laugh at videos together that I saved for him, we'll do that. But if we're going to watch a movie, we're going to watch a movie. And so we'll put, we'll both put our phone in a drawer. I think having accountability with someone or a friend or whatever it is, like taking part in having that accountability really helps because it's hard to, you know, always hold yourself accountable. But yeah, I don't know if it's the most eloquent. <laughs> no, you're great. And I, I love how your approach to technology is not black and white. And I feel like that's where I've kind of gotten in trouble in, in the past is I'm really good at not being on my phone and, or taking these big breaks from social media. But then like once I'm back on all those boundaries are kind of lost. Whereas, you know, you said that you watch TikToks together, but it's with intention and using one screen versus the split screen where like, what are we even doing anymore? Mm -hmm. Because yours is, for lack of a better word, more sustainable, right? And we're not trying to be monks on mountains here and, and get rid of all of our things or not use technology, but how can we use them to our advantage in a way that keeps us joyful and connected? So I think this is, I don't know, if you if you don't have plans to write a book yet, you should. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air for sure. You, you talk also in this video on your YouTube about not treating social media like an all-you-can-eat buffet. And I love that example. And for any of our listeners who are, who are younger, and maybe, maybe that's a wrong generalization, but I have this idea that younger people don't even know that they're treating it like a buffet because they grew up with it. Whereas I know you're a few years younger than me, but we had, we had lives before social media, right? You know, mm -hmm. I, I worry that all they know is that way to live and, and connection is really what I think makes us whole and living yeah. in line with our, our values. I just have one question and it, it might be a silly question. I like to think that everybody struggles with these feelings, but for you, somebody that has such a peaceful relationship, it seems, to your work and to the internet in general, do you struggle with feelings of inadequacy or fear of, you know, not growing or think I need to be more successful, so I need to work harder? Do those things come up for you as they're kind of ingrained in our culture or have you fought that beast away completely? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like I'm a human. I, I feel all those things. I think a lot of times it's really the pressure that I put on myself and me wanting to reach the goals that I set for myself and the expectations I set for myself. Um, and it's easy with social media to compare yourself to other people and what they're doing and where they're going. But, you know, I feel like we've been on this long enough that we know that Instagram is a highlight reel and there's nothing wrong with that. I also kind of feel like it's knowing that people are going to post things when they're feeling um, really good and they want to share that. And it's also recognizing that everyone is still a human at the end of the day. And we all, whether you choose to, you know, share the highs and the lows, or if you 
um, are more private with that. I, I feel like no one's really entitled to whatever that person like wants to share or doesn't want to share. Um, mm. And I think that's okay too. So yeah, I, I guess this is probably going down a different path, but I, something that's like a pet peeve of mine is when people kind of expect people to air all their dirty laundry online because I think, yes, there is a part where I think it's refreshing to know like, oh, that person goes through that too. And that was really helpful and healing to see. But then there's another side of it where it's like, have we gotten so out of touch that we like need to be reminded that we're all human at the end of the day and not everyone has to, everyone copes in different ways. And my first I don't know what I like fight with Andrew. My first thought isn't to go and like talk about it on social media because maybe that's between me and him. And that's something that we're working through together. And I'm trying to be respectful of our privacy. And I don't know. I just think it's just a, it's a weird phenomenon that we are kind of expected, not expected, but like we're assumed to be these like perfect humans that don't have lows and messy behind the scenes and things like that just because it's not, every facet of our life is online. I don't know if that makes no, any sense. <laughs> I, I, it does. And it, you know, a lot of times people tell me that I'm real because I share some things vulnerably. They mm-hmm. see it as all things. It's certainly not all things. Yeah. It's when it feels good for me to share at this point in my life when I've processed it. If it doesn't have to do, you know, with my partner or, you know, privacy of other people involved, but as this space has kind of happened, has changed, and I've gotten to know different people, real to me does not equate with like, quote unquote, vulnerability or rawness. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what we need from every person. And to your point, just understand that every person is a real person going through every emotion. It's not their job just because they have an online platform to share that, share all of that with you. I don't know if we're saying the same thing, but it kind of feels like we are. Yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, basically. I think, I, I understand it's hard. Like when people are scrolling, they see one thing. It's a one-dimensional side of someone's life. But I don't know. I think it's just good for us to do some inner work to remind ourselves that what we see online is not the full picture. And so once we can kind of find peace with that, our relationship with social media is a much more positive experience because we're like, yeah, like that person's killing it, but they're, I'm sure they've got their bad days too, or they're dealing with stuff too. And like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I find more security in my own life when I, especially when I talk to other entrepreneurs and like get offline and talk to people and we're kind of like sharing our experiences. And I think just having more community, you realize what you see online is not always, it's not the full picture and we're all going to have things going on. So I don't know. (laughs) Does that make any sense? But everything you say actually makes a lot of sense. And your YouTube is one of those places where you can get those reminders and refreshing conversations that we don't see a lot online. Your digital self-care YouTube video, I'm going to link that in the show notes too, because not only is it about digital self-care and amazing tips, but it's so many of those little, very quick reminders about life and time and what we're living for. So like I said a million times in this episode, speaking to you allows me to breathe a little bit deeper. Watching your videos on social media lets me breathe a little bit deeper And I'm going to share that so that everyone can kind of get a taste of what consuming, if it's good for you, it's good for me at least, what consuming high quality content can feel like, especially if you've only maybe been interacting with stuff that is more draining or makes you feel negative about yourself. So Jules, thank you so much for sharing your time, your expertise. I'm going to link your Instagram, your website, that YouTube video, and uh, your Notion templates that I'm going to check out myself and fingers crossed, not get too hung up on the learning curve and use it to simplify and thrive a little bit more in my own life. Well, thank you for having me. And you know, you can hit me up anytime you have questions. (laughs) I will do that. Thanks, Jules.
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.